0: On
1: On one cold October morn, two podcasters came together and decided to talk about the most spookiest of punk songs. Punk songs they decided to call this the punk girls pod spooktacular and if you thought that co-host sam wasn't going to do a halloween intro well you were gravely mistaken <laughs> who is that guy to
2: think that we were supposed to be getting married today <laughs> and look where we are <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks uh thanks jeeves uh casket worthington um that was a very very lovely wedding gift that you gave us um doing an intro for the show sure <laughs> yeah, yeah it's kind of like you know if the world hadn't gone to hell we were we would be um you know putting on our let's gonna say our suits you wouldn't you wouldn't be wearing a suit you don't know uh, that That'd be kind of cool, though.
2: Yeah. Um, I want to look all fancy, like a little meringue.
1: I, I, and I hate to talk about wrestling, but they literally did a... The, the promotion, Impact, did a wedding segment, and it was like a very sort of regular guy. Um, and his thing is... And it was like this week, and his thing is like he's a virgin... And he's marrying this woman called Rosemary. And right. Rosemary's Rosemary after Rosemary's baby. Like, everything about her is spooky. Right. And she was literally getting married in the, like, Beetlejuice suit.
2: Oh, for goodness sake.
1: It was sick. And she's got, like, kind of, like, corpse paint going oh, on. Oh, my goodness. Hands. It was sick. I'm was... sure
2: someone out there is... Oh, multiple people out there have done that pretty much.
1: But... I mean, I... You know, I would have, you know, probably... No, I wouldn't have worn that to our wedding.
2: Mm. I would have just thought of Robin Thicke instead.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I'd rather think of Beetlejuice.
2: Yeah. Well, obviously, like, yeah, depends which side of the pop culture spectrum you're on. Is it Beetlejuice or Blurred Lines?
1: Mm, it's Beetlejuice.
2: Mm. Because
1: Beetlejuice is only half as problematic as Robin Thicke. <laughs> Jesus. So this week we're, uh, we're diving down a, delving down a very creepy path. I'm sorry. I love Halloween. Um... <laughs>
2: I guess in a way it's good that you can from here on in you can solely focus on Halloween mm. for Halloween. Mm. You don't have to be like, Oh, and happy anniversary baby <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Well our anniversary was two weeks ago. Yeah, but yeah. our
2: wedding anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> now you can this is good. This is a gift from nah. the universe that Halloween is your domain still. What? I
1: wanted a Halloween wedding. But Me that's too, all right. but We're, we get to have a better wedding next year. So Yes. Um so yes, this week we're we're diving down a uh, we're getting into the Hearse and we're <laughs> driving down the the path of a different avenue. We're not talking about we're
2: fanging a, it.
1: Yeah, fanging it down the uh the old creepy road.
2: Yep.
1: Yep. Uh and it's we're not talking about a pop punk cover this week. We're talking about the punk legends, The Misfits mm-hmm. and their songs Halloween and Halloween 2. Uh I realize that um it was i i laughed because i'd already written up the run sheet for this and had this episode planned when i was reading the comic book that you bought <laughs> um was it nothing nice to say yeah the
2: complete discography by Mitch Clem.
1: and i i haven't gotten all the way through it i will but i'm sort of taking it one day at a time cuz i read it and go oh wow that was just me that was me <laughs> when i was a shitty teenager but like one of the one of the panels they had a couple of panels about the misfits but one of them um they were he was talking about like things i want to see before i die things i want to see before i die is i want to see a band cover the misfits and not do halloween yeah and it was just like well whoops
2: it's funny like that whole anthology i guess you'd call it of comics like when and i probably already talked about this on the pod but like when i was reading it in real time because i used to follow it on the website and i think there was like updates like monday wednesday friday something like that um and so like there would be little moments where i'd be like haha i get the joke but for the most part like i got the humor but not the reference behind it so it's been super interesting going back to it like i don't know 15 ish years later i think anyway um and yeah like just those little bits and pieces that you sort of pick up and file away in your brain over the years. It's like, oh, that makes sense now. Yeah. Like, there was an obscure, to me, obscure joke about Raffi, I think it is, who does Banana Phone. Hmm. And so there's, like, a strip that's talking about, like, if he were a punk, and it's like, banana key, like... <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, I was just like, okay, that's kind of funny, but I had no frame of reference for that yeah. until Friend of the Pod Richard S. He ruined our lives by singing Banana, banana phone, phone and karaoke, which I actually thoroughly enjoyed. Um So yeah, there's just... So I get the feeling like every time I go back and revisit it now, like, there will be more and more things, like, including that misfit strip. Like, I didn't get the joke about Halloween, so I was like, oh, okay, so it must just be a bit of a go-to onto the next one. Like, I didn't think too much about it. But yeah, delving into all the covers we looked at this week, it's been... Yeah. Super interesting. And I just kind of love how Yeah. It's sort obviously like there's such a rich scene of punk that I've just never like scraped the surface of mm. because I grew up in rural Australia as opposed to in, I don't know, Chicago or yeah. wherever. Yeah.
1: But. With dial up internet there was only so much you could do. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, and it's and it's kind of like what we're doing this week. It's, you know, talking about Halloween by the Misfits, but also we're talking about a lot of bands because it's, it's not so much like this covered by this. It's this covered by these. Yeah. Um, so, like, we get to talk about a number of bands that we probably won't get to talk about again in the podcast. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, like, I want to just throw out a whole bunch of... So it's basically like the, the two originals and then like five or six covers yeah um yeah so just doing something a bit different i i don't know if i've you know talked about it too much in um in uh, on the podcast i mean it is very much halloween is very much an american holiday yeah um holiday uh um, tradition but it's also like it has its you know celtic roots and you know Sal and that sort of thing mm. um but it's it's one of those things like I used to like I, usually I would watch you know a whole bunch of horror movies throughout October.
2: Yeah. Haven't really done it this year. Because um, we've had one playing outside twenty four seven. No, not
1: even that. It's just I think it's just cause, you know I don't know, something about like you working while I'm <laughs> sitting watching horror <laughs> movies is a little bit depressing or whatnot. But no, I've like I've played a couple of horror games, The Evil mm. Within Two and Little Nightmares was yep. the one I was playing with the where he plays the girl in the little yellow raincoat.
2: Oh, that one and, freaked me yeah, out. Yeah,
1: it's like a bit where it was like you're getting chased by a man with like like he's really short, except he's got super long arms Oof. and he's he's trying to get you so he can eat you. Um and yeah, I kept getting caught by him. I didn't want to, but um you do eventually cut off his arms, so uh, and I read a couple of really good horror books as well. Um like most notably, The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones mm-hmm. um, is terrific. It's probably one of, probably in my top five favourite books of all time, actually. Now. Nice. It's super good. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's sort of... I don't know. I, I always describe it as I love horror, but horror doesn't love me back.
2: Yes. Yeah. And we have discussed that on the pod, where you have a very active imagination. Like, I can watch something that falls into the category of horror and be like, oh, that's gross, that's upsetting. Yeah. But then as soon as the movie's over, I'm fine. Yeah, you're,
1: you're done. Like, it's it's out of your system.
2: Whereas you, nah. But then on the flip side, anything that's, like, rooted in real life but upsetting, like, anything to do with, like, cults or, like, murders or yeah. stuff, I cannot watch it because it just upsets me quite viscerally. Whereas you can sort of look at it that step back and be like, this is fucked. But it's interesting Yeah
1: Like I'm watching the The Nexium documentary Ugh. Seduced And I was watching that While you were Out of the house And you came back For like the last 20 minutes of it And it's talking about Like I'm up to episode 2 And it's talking about Alison Mack Who was in the uh, Who was in The TV show Smallville And she's mm-hmm. part of The Nexium cult now And Just like The horrible stuff That she did And And, and I'm just sort of Watching silently And you're like You're like Vocalising like You horrible person I <laughs> know oh, Nah. It wasn't, wasn't as much as when that guy said a bad thing about Mister Rogers I'll in, never in the movie. But him.
2: <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> nah.
1: Well, before we get into the song, like, do you do you have any sort of like horror properties or anything that kind of you can go through that, that that you enjoy, or is it just more you take it as it goes?
2: It's funny. Like, I never really acknowledged Halloween, mostly because I was so conscious of like. Where in Australia, it's not an American... Mm. And, like, I think it is right for you to say... Because you corrected yourself earlier and said holiday. But, like, America has very much taken it and appropriated it as a holiday. I
1: don't know if they take the day off. Oh, but, like, like, in terms of... does any American listeners, tell us.
2: Yeah. Like, no, I think... But just in terms of, like, holiday in, like, the hallmark sense. Like, you can buy decorations and you go trick-or-treating and you have block parties and things which sounds so sick but like i was always keenly aware of the fact that we were taking like borrowing that from the u.s yeah so it always just felt a bit stilted but then moving to the city it's becoming every year like it's
1: getting more and more popular
2: exactly like because i remember in 2009 when i first moved to the city and going trick-or-treating with a couple of friends of mine and it was super fun, but we were just like, this is hilarious. Like, yeah. we shouldn't be trick-or-treating. And I'm walking around, like, dressed as a bat, like, um, and then, yeah, what, 11 years later, like, it's very much a thing of, like, around our town at the moment. Like, we've just come out of, like, strict lockdown measures, but there's a very sort of careful sense of, like we're not doing trick-or-treating in the village this year. We're not doing this. Instead, like, go online and do, like... Where, yeah, I remember, I think it was last year or the year before, like, going to an appointment down the main street of our town when, yeah, the Halloween festivities were on. And it was awesome. Like, just seeing all these kids going around trick-or-treating, like, dressed in super cool costumes and stuff. It's just like, that's really cool. So, like... I could see myself sort of starting to get into it, but I'm also like, I'll be 30 next Halloween. So it's just like, well,
1: fuck. <laughs> I mean, you see, like, there's three or four houses on our street that have yeah. that have kitted themselves out to be Halloween houses. Um, yeah, it was very much... But it, it has definitely developed over the last...
2: Oh, God, As yeah. you said, like,
1: decade or so, like, um, here in Australia. But my mum was very much like, that's an American thing, we can't do that. Yeah. And, and it was very much... My mom was very anti anti things that are american, so right uh, not like anti american but like <laughs>
0: Uh-oh. just
1: just like she would get she would get kind of annoyed when we would see lots of American politics on the television and, and yeah Halloween you know there were a few times that that you know if we'd left the gates open, kids would come to the house trying to trick or treat mm. um. It was never anyone I knew, so it wasn't embarrassing, but like and she would just be like well the both the both of them, both my parents would just sort of be like, No, we're not american we don't have don't have any lollies for you, and we call them lollies, not candy, and yeah, and it's like little things like when when American words sort of bleeding to like she hates it when biscuits are called cookies so I,
2: like I get it, I guess now that we are increasingly like online 24/7 news cycle like it's just a byproduct of what has happened naturally in like the media sphere yeah. but
1: but you could go to the Coles and still buy like you can buy certain biscuits that are going to that are going to say cookies yeah. now um yeah i mean cookies just sounds so much cuter than biscuits
2: i don't cookies Bis- sounds really infantile I'm like, uh, i like can if cookie like but i then don't
1: biscuits sounds like what your grandma eats. like the lemon the lemon cream biscuits
2: I'd have called them chazwazzers.
1: Chazwazzers. <laughs> I don't
2: know like yeah it would be like I don't know maybe next year things will be a bit normal and we can go out and just have a stupid like actual Halloween because why not because we were deprived as
1: children <laughs> I'd love to get I'd love to get dressed up like we I've not done a dress up
2: since my twenty first.
1: No, since your friend Jess's, like he did an apocalyptic party.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that was fun.
1: Yes, yeah, so, I mean that was only like a year or so after your twenty first. Yeah. yeah. Love to, uh, I'd love to do a dress up party of some sort.
2: I stand corrected. I, my friend Jackie and I went out to a show, like a concert, on Halloween night, or maybe like the night before, but it was like. Classified as Halloween night in the city. Yep. So we were like, yeah, we'll go in costume. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> On October 30th.
2: Yeah. So that was super fun. <laughs> went out clubbing afterwards. It was great. Cool. Um, what did you go as? I went as a maid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. To be young.
1: Cool. Well, let's get into the Misfits.
2: Hmm.
0: I'm gonna
2: have little to no connection to the Misfits beyond knowing how significant they were slash are to punk. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, needless to say, I didn't do any research.
1: I would say they're influential to not only punk, I'd say they're very influential to metal as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very, very... Probably, I don't know, I might argue they're the most influential punk band ever. More so than the Ramones. Go fuck yourselves, the Ramones.
2: Like, the Ramones were influential to a different sector of...
1: Yeah, it's kind of really interesting as well. I tried to sort of figure it out, but um, it's like the Ramones, the Sex Pistols, Mm. I think like the Clash. is it the Australian band The Saints? Um, Yeah. They're considered first wave. Okay. But then, and I was looking in the same sort of article and misfits is considered second wave but the misfits consider themselves first wave but it Mm -hmm. seems like first wave ended 76 and second wave started in 77
2: okay
1: um but yeah so they they think their first wave maybe the rest of the world doesn't but it's fine if they're second wave like Mm. what's the what's the big deal um so I guess we'll just get into it. So, The Misfits formed in 1977, as I stated before, from mm-hmm. Lodi, New Jersey. So, the band was created by Glenn Danzig, and it was named after Marilyn Monroe's final film, The Misfits.
2: So, did they have, like, a particular tie to that film, or they just liked the name?
1: I couldn't yeah. find that, no, that, right. that out. And, I, and I, I've i seen the... I think it's on Stan. It's, ah. it's, I haven't seen the movie, but I see the title, I'm like, huh... <laughs>
2: Because I imagine it's not like a spooky film.
1: I imagine not. No. Yeah. Um. I imagine they're just misfits. But maybe they just saw the movie, or Danzig saw the movie, and was like, that's a cool title. I'm going to name a band after that.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh. So, yeah, Jerry Kaifa, who were, who would adopt the moniker Jerry Only, would join the band after it was found, founded. Oh, after it was found out that he <laughs> had a bass guitar. He had exactly two months of bass guitar experience. That's
2: all you need. So.
1: It was kind of a thing like back then it was sort of stuff like we need a bass guitarist who do you know that has a bass guitar? Oh, Jerry has one. <laughs> well, let's get Jerry. How much experience do you have? 2 months.
2: Yeah, we'll figure it you'll out. Learn. You'll be fine.
1: I mean, that's that's sort of indicative of like pop punk bassists. It's like
2: well even like the Ramones, like you wouldn't call them skilled guitarists by any sense. No. It's literally just three chords. Yeah. Most of the time.
1: Uh, So the trio of Danzig, Caefa, and Manny Martinez, the original drummer, rehearsed for three months without a guitarist They used Danzig's electric piano as rhythm Cool Uh, Caefa's younger brother, Paul, a fan of the band, joined at the age of 16 on guitar He would then take on the stage name Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein (laughs) Okay uh, their iconic skull logo was taken from the 1946 film serial *The Crimson Ghost*.
2: Bit of trivia for everyone: our very own Samuel has that skull on his thigh.
1: I do have that skull on my thigh, and I also have that DVD. I have that TV film serial on DVD. Ah. It's uh, and it's it's kind of no, I didn't rewatch it, but like you can probably get through it in like two hours. It's kind of fantastic. Okay. It's so it's I mean, a year after World War Two was ended, it was all about like this person, the Crimson Ghost doing something dastardly and yeah, he wore the mask yeah. with, with the skull face. And I just remember it was basically there would always be like an incredible either like chase scene in a car or a fight scene. But the fight scenes they always managed to keep their hats on. Perfect. And it was and but they would always be like super intense, like These were just like the actors were the stuntmen and, you know, I'm not going to be that person who's like, it was better back then, but it was like, (laughs) but like, they, they look like they legitimately beat the shit out of each other and Um, their hat stayed on.
2: I like to imagine they're doing like flips and stuff and they've just like glued their hats to their heads (laughs) because that's how they do it in the biz, obviously. Well,
1: that's going to be my next three months (laughs) until I can sweat it out. Yeah. But yes, as you mentioned, I do also have the Crimson Ghost tattooed on my thigh.
2: I enjoy drawing various hats and mustaches on it. Yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> Just a glimpse into our relationship and what makes it so strong.
1: <laughs> Just you wait till I get a pen and start drawing mustaches on your squirrel. Eh, true. Yeah. So the band would split in 1983. During the split, Danzig went off to form Sa- Samhain, Sarwain... Uh, Than his own solo career Named Danzig Perfect. This was more of a heavy This was more on the heavy metal side of things With a darker atmosphere mm-hmm. Jerry Only and Doyle Did I say that he went Oh yeah I did say that he would then take the name Jerry Only uh, Jerry Only and Doyle would start a short lived Christian metal band Oh, Christ or Christ the Conqueror it's K-R-Y-S-T Yeah so he's uh, I didn't
2: realise they were Christians uh, Jerry is Huh?
1: Um, Shit. I'm not too sure about Doyle these days, but Jerry's a big time, um, big time uh, Christian. I, I think I have it later on in the facts, but I'll I'll talk about it now. I when there was like talks because they have reunited with you know Doyle, Jerry, and Danzig. Mm -hmm. You know they performed. They've they've done shows together in the last few years. Yep. And I remember hearing before that though. Uh, Jerry saying, I will allow Danzig back into the band when he allows Christ into his heart. Because uh, right. Danzig's whole thing is very it's very dark. It's kind yeah. of... I don't know if he necessarily is so much now, but it was very sort of like Satan-heavy. And it was like, that's kind of the thing of like that makes it really cool as well.
2: But it's sort of like, surely Doyle realised what he was in for when he joined. Jerry. Ah, whoops, Jerry. Um and also Doyle because why not but like
1: but yeah. then like, like Doyle Doyle left um Doyle left as well at some point and he did like he i think he played for Danzig for a bit he has his own solo career which is just like he's the guitarist and he has a he has a dude singing for him yeah um yeah and he's got like he 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 has very much like Both of them, both him and Jerry have kept the devil lock hairstyle, which is the fringe pulled down. Sort of look like Dracula, but like his fringe like goes down to like down there.
2: Sam is pointing to the middle of his his throat. throat. Yeah, Yeah.
1: it's, it's huge. Clavicle. He's sort of got like a beehive hairdo with like a, a big thing of fringe and he's got skull paint and very muscly. He's a very muscly man in his mid fifties.
2: So sorry, that's Danzig or Jerry? That's Doyle. Doyle.
1: Danzig's, Danzig's pretty huge as well. So, too many
2: people to keep track of, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Three, but yeah, too many. Too many.
1: So the band's popularity rose after the split. This was due in part to the success of Danzig's post-Misfits projects and a number of high-profile bands like Metallica and Guns and Roses covering their songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So, I mean, Danzig released "Mother." Mother was very big. Mother was a very big song.
2: I think. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's one where, I don't know, if I had a gun to my head, I wouldn't be able to remember it, but if you gave me a few days, (laughs) I'd be able to say, wasn't it called Mother? Anyway.
1: So for a number of years, Doyle and Only, Jerry Only, were in a legal battle with Danzig, citing they should be receiving royalties from the music. Danzig was credited for writing the majority of the music and lyrics. A settlement would be reached wherein Doyle and Only could perform under the Misfits name, sharing merchandising rights with Danzig. So the new lineup would include singer Michael Graves. So they yeah, they got back to They not got back together. They sort of sort of almost like formed new Misfits in the 90s. Yeah, um, yep. Which, look, I'll defend. I like the, the, the 90s style. Not as much as, you know, what they were doing with Danzig. But I still, I could still get enjoyment out of it. If you look at it in the lens of maybe you don't like hold so dearly like the fact that this has the misfits name on it yeah and the crimson ghost logo like maybe if you just sort of listen to it without that there's something that you can so yeah, does enjoy it there.
2: carry the same kind of sound or does it feel like a departure in that sense because that to me is where it gets tricky when a band sort of splinters and then one of them or both or whoever like keeps some iteration of
1: so it has like a like there's almost like three phases it was the danzig era the the michael graves on lead vocals era and then Jerry only became the singer right um it still has it still has very much a the the nineties stuff still very much has a punk feel sort of taking on more of those like nineties punk sentimentalities okay. as well but it also has like it's very much like a sort of hard rock right um Almost at times, like, I don't know what the style would be called, but sort of, like, classical, sort of, like, ballroom. Like, monster ballroom or something.
2: So, what, like, rockabilly, kind of? Not
1: rockabilly, like, like ballroom dancing, kind of. Maybe it is rockabilly, I don't know. And I'm I'm probably so wildly wrong Are with that. Are you thinking
2: of, like, the Monster Mash or something?
1: A little bit, but not, not as cheesy. <laughs> not as yeah. cheesy. But, like, I find it funny that they... They... You know, they had a Christian metal project, um, and then then afterwards they would write a song like Helena, where their own Helena as well. Yes, thank you very um, much. Which the lyrics were about, or the song was basically about like, um, you know, cutting like mutilating a woman so she can't leave him. Yeah, it's upsetting. Yeah, it's horrible.
2: Fucking hell.
1: Um. So yeah, it's just sort of like. Oh, I guess if you just go to church every Sunday, though, you're fine.
2: Oh, that's absolutely and it. it absolves all sins.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, in 2016 the band would reunite with Danzig and uh former Slayer drummer Dave Lombardo. Uh they would perform two shows at the Riot Fest. Uh-huh. And the reunion was, was inspired by the deaths of Prince and David Bowie. I'm wondering if uh wondering if they're in uh they're up in heaven going. Oh, well, Look at what we inspired. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So they're, they're, you know, a band of their ilk and of their tenure, I guess you'd say their, their length. Um, Girth. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about that girth. Yep. They, uh, they haven't been shy of, uh, they haven't avoided, you know, controversy, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. And look, I love the Misfits. I have a Misfits tattoo, but I'm also adult enough to go, hey, maybe these people are shitty people. Yeah. And if you don't... If you can't handle the idea of listening to us maybe saying some bad things, not maybe, we're going to say some bad things about, you know, the 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 musician's character.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, personal character, then just turn it off. That's fine. We, you're, you're more than welcome to do that. Um, but all right. So... Danzig has been known to be a bit of a diva backstage. Um, and there was... Not so much controversial, but it maybe, like, pulled the curtain away a little bit. Made made people go, oh, maybe he's not, the, like, the badass that we think he is. But I think it's pretty cool. There was a picture <laughs> taken of him a few years ago. And he was walking to his car after shopping. And he had a big box of cat litter.
0: <laughs> and
1: it's like, I mean someone could take a picture of me like walking with a huge bag of cat litter home from the pet shop. Did it's... he
2: still look like vaguely punk or like like Danzig uh, or was it sort I of I mean like... he looks like
1: Danzig, but he's uh, he, I mean he looks like Danzig in the sense that he just looks miserable.
2: <laughs> Cuz I always love like that sort of thing of seeing when someone's on stage and they're like super aesthetic in terms of like they've got their whatever sort of outfit and The hair and the stance and all that, but then contrast that to just day to day. Like I love how you just sort of see them like slightly pale, like a bit bloated.
1: (laughs) That's exactly what it is. He's slightly pale and Uh, a bit bloated.
2: Oh, but see, he's still. I love that. That's wonderful.
1: He is is a man in his sixties. He's he's in very good shape. His hair
2: is so good. I I love it.
1: Yeah,
2: I love (laughs) fresh step (laughs) cat litter. That's what I aspire to be when then, I'm older.
1: And then someone made a meme, and it's, and it's um, the lyrics from, I think it's The Last Crescent. It's like, I got something to say. I fed my cutie to do. Aww. <laughs> it's just like, when you, I guess, and like, if you and your fandom like portrays you as being this sort of like otherworldly figure, yeah. when you do something as so banal and normal as buying cat litter, it's going to be jarring. It's going to be a shock.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, oh I love but that But it's
1: like, I mean I, You know, I can almost hazard a guess That you go into that house and he's only got black cats Because they're spooky <laughs> Black cats are great We can attest to that
2: We can yeah. <laughs> I, there's, yeah, there's something extremely delightful About musicians Like punk, metal, whoever musicians Owning cats Yeah, Like it makes so much sense but then also It's still very wonderful
1: Yeah yeah. Like I, I recently cop- got my copy of the Blast Fiends zine from the Black Dahlia Murder, mm-hmm. and yeah, the, in the back of it is um, some because it's all just been photocopied. Um yeah. But like the guitarist Brian has a thing for his cats, and no. I, they're like horribly blurry pictures of his cats.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good.
1: Um, but yeah, so I, I briefly, I previously mentioned the thing of you know. Jerry Only saying, yeah, Danzig can come into the band after he lets Christ into his heart. So I don't know if he actually... If Danzig did let Christ into his heart eventually to get that reunion back, or if Jerry Only was just like, "Mm, there'll be a bit more money in it if we... Uh, Yeah, I feel like if there
2: was someone external being like, hey, this would benefit you guys. Like...
1: It was... So basically as well, like, in the 90s, and so basically when they got back together... In the nineties and today, from mm-hmm. then till today, it's basically become Jerry Only's band, and he's like got a bit of a stranglehold on it, right? Um, but I mean, it was very smart of Danzig to say, "Yeah, but I still want the merchandising rights because that logo is, you know, very popular, very popular logo."
2: It's it's a shame though because it was Danzig's project; like he started it,
1: but he walked away. Yeah, left, good point. And he was he was. I don't wanna say I wanna say he was as big as the misfits were on his solo career, but as I said, like his solo career was very successful.
2: Yeah, that's true, he was doing just fine. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny, because, like I lit whenever I hear misfits, I'm like, Oh yeah, Danzig. Yeah. Like I know that Jerry only is a thing, but like well, by thing I mean person who now sort of operates the band. I mean if you
1: look at him he looks like a thing.
2: <laughs> but like yeah, it's interesting i
1: well it, it is kind of funny though like he he's got the devil lock haircut as well yeah but like he's getting so bald at oh. the back so it's basically like it's basically like the 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 hair starts like past the halfway point of his skull but he's like still managed to like crop enough hair to be able to do it
2: oh my goodness <laughs> just shave your head mate like like you can look
1: spooky like he'll look like Uncle Fester it'll be great if he shaves his head cuz he does like the he does the the makeup to make it look like he's got like big bags
2: I f- I feel like at a certain age if you're in a band that does makeup you have to ditch the makeup cuz it just looks embarrassing unless you're Kiss
1: I mean I was going to say Kiss still looks like they're in their 30s though cuz of the makeup
2: but I think cuz that's like full coverage like costume makeup like yeah. in the very Obvious sense, whereas, like, that bagged sort of eyeliner kind of look like any, like Alice Cooper, like, doing, like, the sort of... Yeah,
1: because Alice Cooper does, yeah, as you were saying, like... So,
2: like, black, like, just sort of, almost tears, like, sort of down his face. But you can
1: see every wrinkle in his face, and it's like, "Eh, you're a man in your 70s Whereas if
2: you're going for, like, full, like, almost clown kind of coverage, Mm. of course that's going to hide... All your wrinkles. <laughs> and that's why, like...
1: And, and I mean, also the fact that he's he's huge. Like, just massively built. But Doyle, like, still just does... Like, he, like, covers his face in Skullmaker. Mm. And it looks cool.
2: Okay, um, yeah.
1: Whereas, yeah, it's just like... Oh, Jerry, you just look tired.
2: Let's, yeah, it's sort of like if... Like, when MyChem did their performance in December. Like, their mm. return. Like, it's as if... Like, that would be the equivalent of Gerard, like... Going back to like Revenge era Gerard or like even Danger Days era. Were
1: they wearing wearing face paints or what was he? I remember, I remember like they did crosses over their eyes. Yeah,
2: like Frank, the um, rhythm guitarist, did crosses, but Gerard would wear like red eyeshadow like around his eyes or like he'd do a band or like. It would be like if he returned to that, like it would just look so embarrassing on like 40 something year old Gerard way.
1: I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate about Gerard now is he's just the big Lebowski. He's just, (laughs) he's the dude. And I want to see, I want to see the dude get up there and sing about vampires.
2: Oh, that made me so happy. He just sort of rocked up in like jeans and a khaki jacket. I was just like, yes.
1: Because, yeah, he was performing with just, like, yeah, like a big jacket. And,
2: he's just, he's a dad, and, and it's yeah. wonderful. It makes me so, so happy. I do
1: I do love that. Like, it's just, like, I'm not going to try and appeal to the teens of today, because they're not going to get this. I'm going to appeal to my fans. Yeah. <laughs> from, that are coming to see this, that were listening to us in 2003. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, I love them so much.
1: That's, that's... That's, like, an example of ageing gracefully. Yeah. And, do, and like, going, oh, wow, like, no, I'm, I'm into this.
2: Because, like, even, like, Billy Joe, Green Day, like, I will give him an exemption because I think he's ridiculously hot, but, like, the eyeliner, it's just, like, buddy. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> you can a... still,
2: like, dress rockabilly and stuff, but, like,
1: yeah. Well, I feel like you, like if you decide that the rockabilly lifestyle is going to become your lifestyle, you turn 46 immediately. Yeah. Like you immediately become <laughs> a 46 year old. You don't, you don't, you're not like a 20 a year old in rockabilly. No, you are, you've lived a life. You've already got like that smoker's cough.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Every, like you, everything just has flames on it. And checkers. <laughs> and I'm just describing Guy Fieri now. So, i'm happy
2: yeah look look i should hedge all of this by saying like do whatever the fuck you want
1: yeah but like i I agree like it does get to a point where it's like it's a little bit sad and you see like wrestling like wrestlers just don't know when to stop and they're in their 50s and 60s it's like just stop like it's Mm. a bit sad and it's like yeah with with a lot of like the death metal and stuff like that it's like you still see these 50 year old men scowling it's like you can smile. Cause it's f- fine.
2: I feel like at that age, you've already sort of carried the band to, like, an iconic point. Yeah. Where I could go along, see said band. I don't need to see them acting out the same symbolism that they carried in mm. their prime. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be, like, crossing my arms being like, oh, but he's not wearing his vest or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Like, at that point, I would, yeah... I would just enjoy that Sort of nostalgia factor Of like I remember when they Used to do this They're still re- Like playing the songs They're just not Doing the whole visual album Yeah And it makes perfect sense Because they're in their 40s, 50s, 60s
1: And I'm probably And I'm going to sound Like a shithead But I I want Blink-182 To grow up at this stage Like oh, I'm no. I, I'm now at the, Like when I was When I When we saw them When we were in our Early 20s I was like Oh that's great That they still You know make Dick and fart jokes But it's <laughs> like I'm now 31, Mark is 50, or he's close to 50. Yeah. He's like, why are you still trying to appeal to teenagers? Yeah. Yeah, like, just grow up a bit, dude.
2: I know. Anyway, Anyway. we should get back to it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) On to more controversy. So Danzig, a self-proclaimed fence-sitter, in terms of both being conservative on some viewpoints and liberal on others, was in favour of Trump's Muslim travel ban back in 2017.
2: He can go fuck himself. Yeah.
1: It was basically, like, uh, something... It was basically, it was, like, sort of, like, what aboutism, I guess. But it was, like, mm. he was, like, oh, look, I'm all for, you know, people traveling, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I've I've been banned from countries before and nobody, nobody's throwing a parade for me sort of thing. Like, nobody's coming to my defense. So it was almost, like,
2: hmm,
1: I was kicked out of a country once and I'm sad.
2: I... I feel like he would have been kicked out because of something he did or said explicitly. Not...
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, because I think he was saying, like, it was something to do with, like, in Canada. So maybe he even, like, overstayed his visa or something. And
2: which in that case, like, Like, yeah. Yeah,
1: go, like, It
2: sucks, but, like, go home, renew your visa and come back. Yeah, those are the laws. Fucking hell.
1: But even even worse, um, as we mentioned earlier, in the 90s they hired singer Michael Graves mm-hmm. Michael Graves is uh, Michael Graves a conservative punk which to me is a baffling idea yeah. in itself It's um, like an
2: oxymoron kind of thing Because
1: I always sort of I, I, I guess my idea of conservatism is confused but like to me conservatism is like Mike Pence like super right, super yeah. old fashioned Christian sort of beliefs and and it's like conservatives like punks sort of is everything anti-conservative yeah um but yes Michael Graves uh in 2020 came out in support of the far right group the Proud Boys
2: he can also go fuck a himself. group that has
1: ties to white supremacy and endorses political violence it's yeah that's a big go fuck yourself with that one he deleted his tweet supporting that but unless like if it was if it was late 2020 when like when it was like homosexual people trying to take the yeah the term proud boys
2: that was just wonderful um
1: which which in itself is wonderful it, yeah if, if it was like if he was in support of that I'd go I'd say yeah no. awesome but it's it's no he's in support of a group that is in support of white supremacy so go fuck yourself Michael Graves
2: I know what you mean about like you are
1: insignificant
2: yeah I know what you mean about that conservative sort of the definition like because I remember. When I was younger, that's what I equated with conservative, was like, I don't know, collared shirt and tie, and like very sort of pedestrian in that sense. But yeah, it's kind of cooked to realise, like, especially this year, like, someone can be quite liberal in any number of things, but then they do hold fundamentally conservative. Like... I don't know especially just in terms of like covid and like anti-vaxxer like freedom of speech right to like what's uh yeah like not wanting to impede on people's freedoms and stuff it's just like absolutely nuts how people i always assumed were quite liberal Mm. are very conservative in their views because yeah it isn't even sort of that puritan it's just closed-mindedness like it's yeah, it's yeah. really fucked Like Yeah, I know people who have Like, tats and like Fucking Yeah, they're quite punk In their aesthetic, but then They are very Racist and very sexist And it's just like, wow, mm. like you just Don't get it, do you?
1: Yeah, yeah. like even, even Christian Punks make more sense to me than this like, Yeah You know, vegan punks, like you know the earth punks like that makes more sense to me than a conservative punk like it's just everything that. but i guess then you look at in you know his name sid vicious wore a wore a shirt with a swastika on it to get a reaction out of people fucking johnny rotten's still trying to be relevant by wearing a marga shirt to try and get a reaction out of people it's like
2: but to me that isn't like I feel like at that point they give up their punk card
1: because
2: mm. they're not standing for the right thing. Like it's not punk to be a bigot.
1: No, I mean I mean there is Nazi punk. As the dead Kennedy said, Nazi punks, fuck off. Like yeah, yeah. It's sort of it's one of those things. Like it's very, it's a it's a genre that's very much about like fighting fascism.
0: Yeah, but
1: then you know. I would also check what a punk band talks about, like unless they're a pop punk band. It's like oh, I don't know what they're going to talk about, but like a, a punk band, I'm going to sort of learn what you're talking about because you might be a skinhead punk band, yeah, for all we know. Yeah, it's fucked. So yeah, that's that's controversies out of the way. Mm. Um, I've written a note here that the Misfits were a band that were not only influential amongst the punk scene, but possibly the most influential punk band to Metalheads. Mm-hmm. Metallica yeah. covered Green Hell and Last Caress. Um, and live, they've also done Die, Die, My Darling. Yep. Guns N' Roses covered Attitude. Green Day covered Hybrid Moments. Former Metallica bassist Cliff Burton had a Crimson Ghost Tattoo. Hey, same like me.
0: Hey, there you go.
1: Danzig's deep and sometimes angry-sounding voice, the fast and heavy instrumentation, with the look the band members adopted, on top of the lyrical content, it is easy to see how metalheads have a soft spot for the band.
2: I wouldn't have put Green Day in that list of metal.
1: <laughs> no, I was just sort of like, I was oh, yeah, just sort of yeah. going through like popular acts, yeah, like yeah, really gotcha, popular gotcha, acts gotcha. That have <laughs> covered them, which just sort of like bring in that popularity of the band. Yeah, yeah, no, I wasn't, I wasn't attributing them to that, but yeah, yeah. So. The song "Halloween" and this is "Halloween Uno" mm-hmm. uh, was their fifth. Was their fifth? single. Was their fifth? They worked
2: with Colin Firth on it. <laughs>
1: who, who are these misfits?
2: I love Colin Firth.
1: Who, who are these punks?
2: <laughs> My goodness!
1: It was their fifth single released in 1981. It was released on Danzig's record label Plan Nine Records, and yes, that was named after the movie Plan Nine from Outer Space.
2: Ah, I was about to say, what does Plan 9 mean? So there you go. Um,
1: it was a terrible movie, but it's also very enjoyable to watch. Um, so Plan 9 Records was discontinued in 1995. I tried to, I think I tried to find what what they might have put out, but I think it was mostly just Danzig and Misfits stuff. Yeah. Um. So, Halloween was the last single to include former guitarist Bobby Steele. The groundwork was already being laid out to have Doyle replace Steele during the recording. He even laid out his own guitar tracks.
2: So, wait. So, Bobby Steele did the guitar for the thing, but then Doyle laid out his own to be like, just in case you need... Yeah. What a dick move. And and (laughs) I think...
1: and, 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 like, Jerry was very much, like, sort of grooming... Doyle to be the guitarist. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what he was doing, but I hate that the word grooming has a really horrible connotation. Yeah, no, I know it. Like, yeah, I know that you meant
2: it in just the face value sense. Yeah, and like
1: putting in the idea of like, oh, hey, my brother would be a really good guitarist. Oh, man.
2: That's so dirty.
1: So, um, what do we think about this song? Halloween 1, that is. Or just Halloween.
2: I like it. Like... Like I said up top, I really don't have much experience with them, but between like this and because I know, like my main exposure to the Misfits was via My Chemical Romance covering Astro Zombies mm-hmm. for the Tony Hawk, um, American Wasteland soundtrack. Good cover, yes. Um, so like between those two songs, I can really get a feel for what Misfits sounds like in general. Yeah. So like to me, this is a good sort of introductory track like
1: i and I, I talked about metal but that they're probably also the most influential punk band for emo as well oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
2: even just the iconography of the yeah. crimson ghost, ghost that like
1: you want to say skull but it's ghost yeah, yeah it took me took me a long time to yeah.
2: yeah but like i've definitely seen any number of like emo pop punk whatever Band members wearing that just plastered on shit. Yeah. Um, and like that's the kind of thing where back in the day, if I'd seen it on a T-shirt, I'd probably be like, oh, and like pick one up for myself. Um,
1: you used to own my Misfits hoodie.
2: I did. Um. Oh, where was I? Yeah. Like, it's good. I don't have a hell of a lot to say about it in terms of like overall criticism. Like, be that good or bad. Like. It's just a solid song yep. Like that chorus is really hooky Like it makes sense Yeah
1: I think for me Like The Misfits were sort of my exposure to Either first or second generation punk However you want to consider them Yep um, And Like part of the reason why I really liked pop punk was I'm a stickler for a clean sound Like I'm yeah. a stickler for you know Good production Yeah. And like, the Sex Pistols and the Ramones didn't have good production, and yeah. I just I never clicked with them. And I'm I'm sorry to if there's any sort of you know, old school punkers out there who are hating that I'm saying this, but I I just never really gelled with them. And yeah, like I don't know. Sometimes it is hard to separate the the person from the music, and you know Sid Vicious was an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, I just yeah. But, like, this band come, came around a few years later and I I didn't like them to begin with. It took me a little while. But then when I, when it clicked for me, mm. it clicked for me and it was the song Bullet, uh, which was about the JFK assassination. Yeah. um, That really got me into the Misfits. And, yeah, as I said, like, I would argue that they're possibly the most influential of the first or second generation punk bands. Yeah. Out yeah. there. um definitely it's you know the Ramones shirt is is iconic the one with their names um you know the Sex Pistols again were iconic but Mm. I feel like the Misfits just sort of were they broke through not only like musical barriers but like they were big into like pop culture as well like yeah you know even like we were watching the show Pen15 yeah and there was a bit where um they went into one of the girl's brother's rooms and he had the Crimson Ghost yeah. poster on his wall. Um And, you know, it's things like, laughably, and I might do an episode on it later on in this show's run, but the Misfits were involved with wrestling. That's and, so funny. And, like, there's toys of them. And, yeah, the, the Crimson Ghost logo, like, you'd probably... It would be one of those bands where... You see that shirt on people who've never listened to The Misfits before. yeah. And I'm not going to be that person who's like, oh, name me fucking <laughs> 10 albums. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, it's just one of those iconic logos. Like, not as iconic, but like the Rolling Stones lips. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, that was, you know, that was as big as the band. Like, the logo yeah. itself. Um, But yeah, it was just something about the sound of the misfits it just you know as i sort of described i i, I hate the the johnny rotten was the singer of the sex pistols wasn't he uh, i think so yeah i just hated that sort of like really wobbly really you know nasally kind of singing that he did i didn't really gel with the ramones i don't know which ramone was the the singer uh johnny uh, johnny but it's like There's something so cool about Danzig's kind of like Elvis Johnny Cash style that's melded into this punk band. Yeah, it's just it's just so undeniably cool. Yeah, Um, they weren't sloppy like even though even though Jerry only had only been playing bass for a couple of months, like then they were they were heavy as well. Like it's just yeah, I I definitely sort of fucked with this and. You know this song; it, it is like you know that that chorus is one word, but it's yeah, know, it's hooky, and um, even lyrically, like it's it brings Halloween back to being scary instead of this fun thing where you go and trick or treat. Yeah. Um, you know, like talking about you know almost sort of like going back to the days of its origins when things were more uncertain, and you know I. I sort of read the lyrics and I go to the movie, however you want to pronounce it. I just say The Witch, but because it, it's two Vs. Some people are like, oh, actually, it's The Witch. Oh, goodness. Um, so. I just say The Witch, but like it sort of takes me to the imagery of this movie, which was fantastic and about the devil, which I'm all about. But like, yeah, yeah, just sort of like bonfires burning bright, pumping, pumpkin faces in the night, I remember Halloween, dead cats hanging from poles, little dead are out in droves, I remember Halloween... Brown-leaved vertigo where skeletal life is known. I remember Halloween. Like, it's just... Mm. And, like, yeah, then it talks about, like, the candy apples and razor blades. Yeah. Little dead are soon in graves. Like, it's... It really does sort of, like, put in this kind of sinister feel. Like, it's, you know... It's sort of saying, like, Halloween should be scary. Yeah. Like, shouldn't be fun. I kind of disagree. I think Halloween should be fun. And it should be scary.
2: I do like the idea that they're just, like, gatekeepers of Halloween. Like, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah no, nah, you dude, can't dress up. Like, what are you doing, candy? I'm going to put razor blades in it.
2: I think, like, yeah, you've sort of hit the nail on the head for me in terms of just what are still, like, my first impressions of the band, really. Like, it is that sort of stepping stone from your very basic, like early punk which just doesn't resonate with me because of the lower production value because of the sort of not as much of a signature like ethos to it Mm -hmm. like so yeah like ramones sex pistols like yeah i listened to the ramones when i was a kid i had like their bloody um best of. yeah like i think it's like a two or three cd thing like it was fine but none of it has stuck with me because like aside from blitzkrieg bop which is a bop to put it
1: I would say I Want to Be Sedated as well.
2: Oh, that's a... Yeah, so, yeah. like, they have cool shit like that, but, like, I don't really associate them much with anything beyond, like, New York punks.
1: And again, we're not diving deep into that catalogue. It's like, name no, this name is two Ramones songs. <laughs> it's <laughs> Bliss Creek Pop and I Want to Be Sedated.
2: But, like... Yeah. Like, they're, they were good, but, like, I don't own that CD set anymore, which probably says a lot. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like... Yeah, this is sort of that stepping stone where, like, the production quality was better. They're more cohesive in, like, overall themes. Like, their whole thing is, like, they're spooky. They're a bit sort of, woo, like... And... Yeah, the singing... or well, like, Danzig... Danzig? Danzig. Yeah, like, his voice is really good. And the musicianship is and then yeah that was sort of the stepping stone for a lot of the bands that I listened to yeah. like so yeah within the context of who they followed and who they influenced like I really appreciate that they exist
1: and it's like the way that they've recorded his voice in this as well like sort of really echoey and with the way that he sings it is kind of spooky as yeah. well like it's it's a really it is a really mood Theme setting song yeah. as well. Um, I think one of the things that I appreciate, and they would, I mean, they took themselves very seriously. Yeah, and but like all other punk bands, who really took themselves seriously, but they, it's one of the things like they may have done, but it's, you don't really hear of the Misfits having like overdoses or being alcoholics or anything like that. The Misfits were kind of nerds, yeah, and they would never admit to it, yeah but they're nerds yeah and I'm, and I love that like yeah. it's yeah they had like as I said Bullet was about the JFK assassination they had political songs but mostly it was about old B grade horror movies yeah um just old movies in general it's like and that's what I like about it I just find it really fun yeah and yeah I, I, I don't know I they will you know forever be a favourite of mine mm. um and, yeah, this will be up there as, you know, possibly my favourite Misfit song. Again, Oh, it's, you know, one of the most obvious choices, but yeah. it's, it's an obvious choice for a reason. Because it's not just about... It's not just... Like, it It, it puts me in the mood for Halloween. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. But, you know, they have also... They did also do a second Halloween, which mm-hmm. followed up um, on... Which followed after... Halloween one, I guess you would say. So
2: it was on the same album, like, back to back.
1: Yeah, it was... So the the song, I think, sort of... It, they're really hard because they sort of didn't... They had, like, one album with a lot of demos and... Yeah. Singles and that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so the the second Halloween... Mm-hmm. Um, which was... I'm trying to make a joke about the movie Halloween 2 it's
0: uh... uh... at... <laughs>
2: enjoy halloween 2 as much it doesn't have the same energy
1: no and that's that's exactly you hit the nail on the coffin Uh, Ah. (laughs) it's it's it really does feel like it's lacking energy but it has this sort of i don't know kind of sludgy feel to it that i like
2: i like it as like a counterpoint to halloween yes like i like how the two tracks play off each other like they have their different distinctive Moods, energies, that kind of thing.
1: I would probably I probably want to I don't know, I'm always the person who likes to start off low and end high. Right. So I would probably put this first and then Halloween after. Okay. To like have that really sort of not triumphant moment, but like end it on a really high note.
2: I can see why they would have done it this way though, because that sort of like almost major to minor shift, like that's spooky <laughs> like yeah. yeah spooky shit usually doesn't sort of have that triumph yeah yeah anyway
1: but it's it's so the lyrics to halloween 2 are in non-standard latin and it roughly translates to ancient formulas of exorcisms and excommunications that witches and those made wolves believe i maim now the demon clothed in wolfskin Having to hide in the hollow of a tree I say werewolves can change shapes. It's kind of cool.
2: It's funny like I yeah I didn't pick up on (coughs) anything beyond the chorus obviously because it's in Latin but like I didn't even clock like oh I should look into that. I was just like huh. Yeah. So yeah it's cool seeing that translation like it makes me appreciate it more.
1: Yeah and it's like Sorry guys I don't know I I just think it's It's one of those Cool little things You'd probably If you were sort of Really trying to listen to it Back in the 80s Going The hell is he saying And you'd Mm -hmm. have to Sort of Learn it You'd have to figure out What he's What he's saying there And you know Obviously someone has And that's where I Got that from So Yeah Like Not as Not as Iconic as Halloween 1 Yeah Um but I, I, yeah, I could still find something, and it's only like three minutes. So, but yeah, it is. I can definitely see what you're saying in that it kind of plods a bit. Yeah, yeah, and it um, sort of just feels a bit, feels a bit sporadic. Like it sort of feels like they're all in separate rooms. Oh yeah, recording. Like, because I'm thinking of like the drums just feel disjointed from everything. Like, in that
2: sense, like the more I talk about it within the context of it being part two of two sort of thing. Yeah. I appreciate it more in that sense. Like, yeah, again, like that sort of disjointed drums, like compared to the cohesiveness of just Halloween, like not Halloween too. Like, yeah, it's sort of, this could be a case of like a slow burner. Like if I went back and listened to them, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like I get it sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite two part song or like, Multi-layered part song.
2: I can't think of one off the top of my head. The
1: first one... I mean, The Unforgiven by Metallica. Mm -hmm. I think it's The Unforgiven. I'm not the host of Metallicast, so I don't (laughs) don't have all that sort of rote knowledge. Mm. Um, But The Leaving Song by AFI. Yeah! And and they do it in reverse order, so it starts with The Leaving Song Part 2...
2: Yes. And then the
1: leaving song is later on in the album.
2: Oh yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah. That was okay. always that was always my favourite song on the album as well as the leaving song part two.
2: I fucking love AFI. I
1: want to uh I want to do a like thing where I just listen to all their albums. Yeah. But we sh- could, you know, start off with their E P All Hallows Eve. Yes. Because they cover Halloween by the Mystics on it you we'll
2: I've I really loved this. Like, mm. I was a late starter with AFI. Like, yeah, my friend Ella had Sing the Sorrow, so I listened to that. It was great. Mm. December Underground, that came out at the time where I was super into that whole aesthetic. So, yeah. like, I ran with it from there. But then, like, I'm yet to do it properly, but I do want to go back and listen to their more... Punk. Yeah. yeah, which is the stuff that you got me into like just on drives to and from the peninsula, that kind of thing. Like they're just so good.
1: And it was so for me it was The Song the Boy that Destroyed the World. Yeah. On the All Hallows EP that got me into AFI, then maybe noticed Yeah. Um the the only thing that this is missing and cuz this was like 2001, so not like only a few years before uh, sing the Sorrow mm. I needed one
0: Oh! Yeah
1: From Davy Havoc <laughs> He sort of He does it a little bit um, Yeah he has a couple of moments Where he sort of like Does like a kind of yell like
0: oh! Yeah not, not
1: that high But like Yeah it just has that Sort of really One of the things that like Is quintessential 90s punk for me Is the running bass The galloping bass Yeah, yeah. Um, And it has that Which I think is more sort of popularized by Steve Harris by Iron Maiden, but it, it's very much like nineties punk had that kind of like galloping bass rhythm to it, and that's and I also appreciate the nineties punk accentuates bass.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: and then they sort of stop it again in pop punk, but then whatever. Mm. Um and yeah, it's it's it is. It's just it's Davy Havoc singing Halloween. Like what's not to love about that? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I yeah. I should do like a proper listen of their discography, like top to bottom. Because I, yeah, the more I think about it, like I just appreciate so much, like, Davey Havoc in particular, like his pivot from, like, your very sort of punk, almost psychobilly sort of
1: Mm.
2: presence through to, like, emo alt through to. E boy. What? E boy. E boy.
1: He's not an E boy? No. No.
2: I think so. No. <laughs> um and then like through to just He's just a rock guy now. He's like, kinda of like,
1: kind of like Electronic Elvis.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like it's just Yeah, he's a super interesting character. I'd like to do a bit more of a deep dive on him slash AFI as a whole. Like
1: And yeah, so I would need to do that as well, I'll go through their their back catalogue and sort of that interesting moment where like, their last album before... Is it Page or Jade?
2: Jade. Jade Puget.
1: Jade. That's probably why I get it confused, because Jade Puget kind of sounds like Paige. Um, but that, that jarring moment where it's, like, the last thing that they did before he joined... Yeah. Because he was a big driving factor for their sound change, which, in a way, like, was... Was, well he did them a favour Yeah Why? such a Such a huge Like yeah. moment for them And it made them You know Made them A, a band that wasn't Going to play in Like n- like little clubs Like Yeah to, You know Playing big venues And that sort of thing Like having you know, Millions of views On YouTube And that sort of thing Yeah Yeah,
2: yeah. No it's so so good But yeah
1: No I I, I love this They even kind of do Like a sort of Semi gang vocal For the chorus Yeah it's, um Yeah
2: Yeah
1: I don't know I, I sort of I love this one And I Was very looking forward to one day being able to talk about Alkaline Trio. Mm. And so we get to talk about Alkaline Trio...
2: for the Rocky Horror Punk Rock Show.
1: Yes, we did. I forgot about
2: but that. But unlike this cover, I enjoyed that cover.
1: <laughs> yeah, this was... I give them an A for effort. They're doing something different with yeah. this. They're doing something different. They're doing a slow piano version of the song. Yeah. Obviously, because I just played it for you. Yes. Um, I don't know. I feel like the piano needs to be the lead to... Something better, and it's not.
2: I think for me, it's just this song is so entirely their shit in terms of like being on brand for who they were. Yeah, because like, I'm sure if you,
1: I'm sure if you'd spoken with them and you said, "What's your most, what's your biggest influence?" They'd probably go, "The Misfits." Yeah, probably the Misfits and the Cure. Like.
2: Yeah, like it's just, it's one of those things where it feels like the approach was so obvious, but then they deliberately did not take that approach. And like that like again, A for effort, all power to yeah. them for experimenting a bit. But this was sort of they had it in the bag if they had just gone the traditional alkaline trio route.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they they knew like they were expected at some point to cover a Misfit song, probably cover Halloween. Mm. And it's like, well, let's do something unexpected let's do the uh, let's do the expected by also doing the unexpected
2: yeah.
0: with
1: this and yeah, like you know, it's it's their shit. They you know everything's there, but it's just sort of like, no, I don't want to hear Alkaline Trio do a slow piano version of Halloween by the Misfits. Like I want to hear them I want to hear them do what AFI did. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I guess for the, the purposes of, you know, mixing things up for the podcast we have a different sound I guess
2: yeah yeah
1: yep uh so another band that we've sort of briefly spoken about at times and you know I've sort of wanted to talk about at some point is The Creep Show from Kanada Mm hmm So we go back to another cover that we like. Yes. Um Yeah, no, this is and this is sort of like the rockabilly version of Halloween. And yeah. it has that kind of again, that sort of well, they do the double bass though, but it's the right. the, the yep. double bass sort of you know gallop along. Um Yeah, and just a badass a badass woman singing the vocals as well like yeah like what's not to
2: is this the original singer or the one who took over or not 100 percent sure
1: so they had about three singers they had Uh, they had i don't know their names they had the i think it was the first singer she got pregnant her sister came in and played singing and guitaring she then left to join that Band that did oh, the... Oh, yeah,
2: Walk Off The Earth. Or... Well,
1: yeah, so they did the... Yeah. And I think we'll get to talk about them when we do Gautier because they did the Gautier cover where five members played the same guitar. So she's in that group. Fucking... And yeah. then they have they, I I don't know if it's the first or second singer. Yeah. It like, yeah. sounds like... It sounds like the second singer.
2: Right, okay. To me.
1: Um, but I'm not too sure. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know. I think I described this when we talked about the Rocky Horror Punk Rock Show. It's that, it's definitely my favourite style of female vocalist, that kind of really sort of, not bratty, but sort of that, that kind of, almost like harshness to the vocals. It
2: is kind of bratty though, like it's... Yeah, I guess, yeah.
1: yeah. So, and and it's like, we watched, we re-watched 10 Things I Hate About You recently, and it's just yes. like, everything about that, it's like, yeah, I kind of adore that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it just puts me in that... That mindset. You take a picture of me.
2: Yes. I felt like I should document this, but <laughs> you just look very confused. <laughs> that can be our Twitter promo image.
1: I, uh, well, we did the anime filter and I found out that between not smiling and smiling, I have vastly different facial features.
2: I just love, like, you obviously have just, like, a quintessentially, like, handsome face because, like, oh. You. The anime filter just looks like you as an anime person, and then like I have joked many times before about how like you basically are just Kristoff from Frozen. Like it just it makes me very happy. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, I love the Creep Show cover, and God, this is just reminding me like all these bands I want to go back and listen to. Yeah, and, like, I know, right. I want to listen yeah. to AFI, I want to listen to the Creep show, I want to listen to Good Crimson... Alkaline Trio. Yeah, Crimson and like Good Morning and all that. Um man. I think like again, like even just those 3, like Alkaline Trio, AFI, Creep show this cover theoretically works so well for all 3 of them. It's just that Alkaline Trio did not follow the brief that they were sort of yeah. given by the universe like
1: But like I think, as I was saying, like we get to have a different version because we could have three very, very similar sounding songs.
2: That's true. Yeah, three
1: very similar sounding, yeah, versions of this song. I just didn't like the Alkaline Trio version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, it's what it comes. It's what it boils down to. Is I just didn't like it.
2: Well, it's sort of to me, it's that it's almost proving the point of like some cliches exist. Like well, no, all like a cliche is a cliche because it makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's fine to sort of do something that is so obviously like you. Like, yeah. yeah,
1: it's it's a really hard line for a band because you can you can do the same thing and people are going to say you're running out of ideas, you 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 have no creativity, or you can branch off and people go oh you're selling out yeah. yeah or you just yeah whatever yeah um, so another one that we very much enjoyed <laughs> and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this but Os Descon hasidos. Oh,
2: so so good I remember all the Tuesdays and the
0: are I remember all
1: So it's—I mean—you could probably hear that the uh, the singer does not have the um, the the baritone of one <laughs> Glenn Danzig, and that's because he is a child. A literal uh, child. A literal child. This is just great because it's it's two kids, probably brothers. I would imagine.
2: Yeah, I thought sort of, I got the impression that like the older brother was the one who was interested in music first. Yes, and then sort of recruited his little brother, who still like rocks ass. Oh yeah,
1: he's great on the bass, and, yeah. he's, and he's taking over the vocal duties. And yeah. and they're dressed up like the misfits. Yes. Yeah. So they got like they've like painted their foreheads to like represent the devil lock, and they've got like the makeup on, and and yeah, they've got like leather pants and that sort of stuff. Like it's it's just great, it, and yeah, it, it's it's funny because so like he's singing into the microphone, but then when the older brother comes in with like backup vocals, he's louder <laughs> than the brother on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it the only thing that upset me about it was we watched another one of their videos and I don't know why it upset me but like they obviously cover a broad spectrum of music Mm. I assumed that they were like too like super like punk
1: they do have a whole bunch of Misfits videos oh shit okay they do have a whole bunch of Misfits videos
2: okay yeah I was just hoping that they weren't like sort of that YouTube fodder almost of like and now I'm gonna do this in the style of this and like I'm gonna dress like
1: but they like the other one. They were doing Motorhead. It's like
2: yeah, it's true. Motorhead's badass. Come on. Oh, uh, just yeah. It always makes me slightly jealous that I never like picked up guitar properly beyond a few lessons at school and then learning tabs off the internet. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to friend of the pod Jason for teaching me some theory in yeah. lockdown. Anyway.
1: Lastly uh, A band who's no stranger to painting their face And also a cover of Halloween 2 Yes Our only cover of Halloween 2 <laughs> It's a band by the name of Cradle of Filth. Cough, cough. I was telling you the other day, um, I I had a phase where I was (laughs) was pretty invested in Cradle of Filth. There, it was during the stage of their album Nymphetamine, Um, and I had there was like you you could get magazines that just had band posters, Mm. and that's all it was. So I had like a little poster of Cradle of Filth on my wall, and my brother came into the room to ask me something, to talk to me about something, and he looks at the poster. He just points at it and goes, "That's disgusting and walk and it was just it was just these six dudes in like in like makeup and like lots of leather and spikes, and Danny filth is like five foot tall, and so he's like, and he's just like, "That's disgusting, and walked out and I don't know what the whether it was the name, whether it was the look
2: <laughs> it just it cracks me up because like by all accounts, your brother." was a little stinker yeah. as a kid and as a teen. So I would have thought he'd be like, hell yeah. But there was just something about it that rubbed him the wrong way. He was like, no. And it seems
1: like he was, he was into, like, he was heavily into like Slayer and Marilyn yeah. Nance, and His favorite band was Pantera. He had, <laughs> he had a literal Pantera shirt where it was just a severed foot with a nail going through oh. the foot. But something about, it was something about like, it was almost like when I was going through it, it, it was wrong. Like yeah. it was like he hated slipknot. He <laughs> thought Cradle of Filth was disgusting. Oh my god. I, I remember I remember <laughs> him talking about a Cradle of Filth shirt that he saw at a at a music festival probably like big day big day out or something. And we were having I might have discussed this on the pod. We
2: have, but it makes me laugh every
1: time. And so like we were having dinner with, with my mum and he's like, Yeah, I saw a shirt and on the back it said jesus is a c and Mum's like what's a c and he's like you know a c and she's like what's a c <laughs> and he's like the c word and she's like
2: a carpenter
1: yeah <laughs> i can't remember if he was like jesus is a cunt or if he was just like no i'm not gonna say that in front of mom <laughs> I think, or maybe mum just was after like, oh, okay, that C word. Oh, okay.
2: See, classic example of you can be like punk as fuck, but still conservative. <laughs> no. <Yeah.
1: laughs> Not accusing your brother
2: of being a bigot at all. <laughs> but I just, I love like how we all have those lines that we draw where it's like, nah, that is too much. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I, I just, so this, so this cover starts off with German for some reason. He counts back like eins, zwei, dry. I think. Um, and, yeah, it's just it's a Cradle of Filth cover of Halloween, too. Um, I do find it funny, so, like, in the original, and, like, how everyone else sort of goes through the chorus, like, they pronounce it, Halloween! And, and Cradle of Filth is, Halloween! <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if it's because they're British or... Cradle of
2: Filth, British. Yeah,
1: they're English. What the
2: fuck? I just assumed they were American. No, they're English. That's hilarious.
1: It's Cradle um, of Filth was also one of the bands that kind of got me into black metal, right? Because their early stuff was black metal.
2: Okay. And yeah. then
1: I think now, I, last I heard, which was a few years ago, Danny Filth was like, "Yeah, we're goth pop." And it's like, if that's if that works for you, it works for you.
2: Sounds sick.
1: Goth pop, yeah. Yeah. I'd listen to some goth pop. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah it's just it's very much just a lot of like pinch harmonics and just you know heavy riffs mm. but yeah I just like that
0: Halloween
2: <laughs> I know that I'm 29 but just anything with wee sound just makes me laugh <laughs> like I remember someone saying on I think it was on Reddit like the whole like so www that's like it's meant to be the abbreviation, but it's so long to like get out all those syllables. W W W yeah. So then yeah, like someone was saying they just go like woo woo wo, and then someone's like I say wee wee wee. Wee wee wee.
1: Explains why you like Weezer so much.
2: <laughs>
1: Probably. <laughs> <Weezer>. <laughs> have they have they ever done any like Halloween but like Halloween?
2: Ooh. I'm going to Google that right now as you... Hello,
1: <laughs>
2: How about you tell everyone what we're doing next week and I'm going to look that up.
1: Well, I mean, you can look that up and tell oh, us whoops, if you... Oh, tell
2: hell yeah, yeah, nah. Yeah, Sorry. so we'll do,
1: we'll do the hell yeahs, yeah, nahs for just the originals.
2: Oh my goodness. Okay, so there's a Weezer tribute band called Helloezer. Oh, wow. Oh!
1: Where are they from?
2: They are from... Hold on. So, it looks like they... Oh no, that's their same page. Don't worry. Bear with me. They're from Lexington, KY. Kentucky? Shit. So, we're a bunch of musicians who grew up in the post grunge era of music, which was highlighted by the Weezer albums Blue and Pinkerton. Sick. Pretty much anyone who grew up during this time can still remember a lot of those songs by heart. We're a band dedicated to highlighting the awesome, nostalgic feeling of jumping around in your bedroom when nobody's home, belting out the words to your favourite Weezer track. Only this time you'll be singing along with others in a bar. We play nearly all of Blue and Pinkerton. We play all those B-sides you love so much. We pick and choose through some of the exceptional tracks of Green and Melodroid. If you promise to act like make-believe never happened, so will we. First of all, go fuck yourself. That album is great. <laughs> um,
1: you heard it here first, folks.
2: Exactly. But, um, goodness me. That makes me very happy. <laughs> Weezer.
1: Hello, Weezer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, I got in the way then.
1: I give I give Halloween, and I give Halloween too, sure, why not, a uh, Hallow Yeah. Ah,
2: I give them a Hell Yeah as
1: well. Cool. So, next week we are doing Caught Up In You by 38 Special as covered by We The Kings mm-hmm. for Punk Goes Classic Rock. So you can enjoy us going back to our regularly scheduled programming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Anything else you want to take us out with?
2: Nah, not really. I'm ready to eat some fancy food and yeah.
1: Yeah, cool. Cool. All right. You stay safe out there and enjoy some spookiness. Yes. Bye.
2: Bye.